You're listening to the Counter Culture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. Here are these rare stories. Well, how the impossible happened. Miss Kay Carraway. I feel. Well. Promise to love. And be with you forever. This is one of those stories. You can do just about anything you set your mind to, Phil Robertson. But it's the drink. He becomes the devil, son. <laughs> You know that ain't your brother. I ain't bringing a preacher man around here. I heard you might be needing one. We're fine. I don't think we are, Phil. I ain't the problem. You're the problem. Get out. It's full. At some point in our lives, we are all going to feel desperately alone. And we realize that. must be one of Kay's friends. I know Phil ain't got no good-looking friends. It's my sister. <laughs> well, no, I was just being friendly. Why don't you be friendly in that direction over there? Yeah, okay. We can search all we want for our purpose and our own strength, but only in the Lord can we find true purpose and meaning. You can get tickets for this fantastic flick, The Blind Movie, in theaters beginning September 28th by going to fathomevents.com and searching for The Blind. Tina Yeager, a licensed therapist and host of the Flourish Ment Show, shares hope for broken and worn hearts. Scars cannot lessen the love with which the scarred redeemer sees a soul. Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose is a unique inspirational study encouraging those who feel worn, damaged, cast off, or worthless. Just as we refurbish vintage pieces and junk, God upcycles us into purposeful artwork. Each chapter includes an illustrative craft and suggested charitable organizations to which readers can donate the projects and multiply the blessings. Killer concept. This is the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin. We are talking about purpose and community this week with therapist Tina Yeager. Tina, how you doing, woman? I'm doing great. I, I like Tina's. It's like I'm talking to myself here for the next 20 minutes. Do you meet a lot of Tina's today? Not really. You're you're one of the few, and I think that's all right. Hey, it's all right. What's your middle name? Lynn. Lynn. Okay, Tina Marie, Tina Lynn. All right. We got some uh, combative action here going on today. I can't wait to dig in deep to what you have. It's very thorough, very deep. And we're talking about community and purpose. I think a lot of people today don't know who they are whose they are, and why they're here. So I know you're going to address this for us and break it down. Tell us more about the importance of fellowship in a culture growing more screen-centered and less connected. 
We need in-person connections. We don't need to just meet with people behind screens. There's something different about what that does for us biologically and neurologically when we meet in person with people and spiritually as well. We're meant to be in fellowship and community. The one thing that we are told is not good at the beginning of all time is to be alone. And when we're behind the screens and that's all we interact with, there's some different social things that happen in that space. We can hide, we're not as authentic, and sometimes people are less kind. Uh, that's really good. And a lot of times over the years, speaking to teens around this country, you know, people think, well, you're so connected, you got 42 likes on that one, or 5,000 people tuned into that video when you went live. And yet more and more kids are telling me, I feel so disconnected and I feel alone. So by being together, you don't have that loneliness that a lot of people feel. Did you see an uptick in people tuning into what you're writing about with your book, your podcast? We're going to talk more about that. But especially during COVID, when we were told to stay six feet apart, did your ministry take off as a result because people wanted desperately to stay connected? There were a couple of things that happened. I did a couple of virtual events at the very beginning of COVID, and there was a huge response to that because people were desperate for connection. But then a strange thing happened where people stopped wanting to connect after a while online. They got over-zoomed, I think. Is, I know that's not a technical term exactly, but people got a little tired of all the meetings online because they just weren't as fulfilling as meeting in person. So now I think people are experiencing some after effects of long-term mental health issues that they're facing because of so much on-screen time that does something to your brain wavelengths. It does something to you emotionally with uh, the things that you're dealing with, with those norepinephrine and dopamine response issues where you get those spikes and crashes from feeding yourself that addictive online uh, information. And that is changing our landscape of mental health right now. I was just going to ask you, how does this play into mental health? You know what? I can see how we have the same name here. We got the same brainwaves. <laughs> Expand on that a, a tad with the mental health. How has COVID six feet apart, more screen time actually done a disservice and made an uptick in mental health? I think it's particularly important to realize what the impact has been upon our children and our teens and our new adult age groups. We have seen a huge rise in depression and anxiety cases yes. because of the overactivity on screens and the disengagement in person, especially with the kids who were in the developmental stages where they learned social skills and they learned where their belonging might be, and that's middle school particularly. So kids who were in middle school when they were shut down, they didn't learn their sense of belonging. They didn't learn how to fit in and adapt and work with groups of people. They didn't do what they were meant to do developmentally during that time period. And so you see that long-term effect of not realized necessary social skills and developmental things that were meant to happen in their brains and in their activity as people that has impacted them ongoing. So we're seeing that with children. Children also need to develop social skills by seeing faces and knowing how to read and respond to facial cues and expressions and nonverbal behaviors of other people. They didn't see faces. So anytime you saw people, they were covered with masks during that period. So they didn't get that milestone met. But the good news is the brain is plastic and people have an opportunity 
to heal and grow at any point in their lives. So it's not all bad news. We just need to be aware of it and begin to address it as parents and educators. That's really good. You're setting your own self up for your foundation of the question I ask next, which would be from what you just said, the damage that's been done. I was thinking the same thing at face masks, young kids that aren't able to communicate decent. They're not in a classroom setting. They're learning school primarily through their screens at home, isolated, completely different from what they were doing. Or like you said, even the younger kids, they never had that chance to be social with other kids. People tuning in right now thinking, yep, that was my young toddlers in that stage. They missed out on X, Y, Z, the social aspect, learning and growing with their own peers at their age and developing those skills. What can parents do now to help, I want to say, like catch up with the years that were lost? What were, What are some things we can do today in the home? Well, some of the things that we can do are the obvious. Make sure that you put back in lots of in-person engagement activities with other kids, not just with you, but with other kids, your teen, your child's age in their peer groups so that they're in interacting in healthy ways around things that are not screens, not just inviting them over to play video games because <laughs> that puts them back in that space of too much screen time, but having them do fun things that will get them to think critically and develop social skills and do team building exercises, have them do mission projects together, have them do scavenger hunts together. That's really fun. There's lots of fun things, a board game night. How many kids still play board games? They're still just as fun as they used to be, but because they've gotten so used to doing video games, they've gotten away from the things that there were in-person activities and it actually is a very different process in the brain emotionally to do those in-person tactile activities. I agree, the hands-on stuff. I loved doing that. I grew up on a farm with two younger brothers. I like creaming them every Friday night, you know? Every now and then I'd let them win. But uh, just kidding, we, you know, it was pretty even. Even keel. We did flashlight tag in the corn late at night. We had 300 yes. acres on a dairy farm. I would catch tadpoles in the creek. Um, it got to the point where my parents didn't even know where I was or where my brothers were. They'd have to ring a bell and we were a half a mile away and then heard the bell and knew it was time to eat. Like, kind of like we were cattle. But anyway, moving on. The point is, <laughs> point is we were always outside having fun, being creative. I, I made these big sugar cookies one year for a, I'm just giving ideas for people watching. Um, for my best friend and I, her mom had a garage sale and she's like, I'm going to sell all this furniture, get this stuff out of the house. I'm like, telling my friend Jesse, let's make these big honking smiley face cookies and try to sell them for a buck or two bucks at a pop. We raked in more cash than her mom. She's like, get out of our yard. <laughs> so her and I moved the shop over a couple. It was absolutely hilarious. She was fine with us there. But the point is, it made us creative. What can we do to give back, help out, earn some funding so we can actually spend money on our own? You talked about the board games. You talked about other activities we could do with kids in the home or kids with each other. Can you give us four or five more ideas? Because now you have my brain rolling. Well, I do think you should consult your kids for ideas because that's a great way to develop relationship that's open, that gets your kids to feel esteemed for who they are and what their passions are. And kids have an incredible knack for wanting to do good in the world. 
And they originally want to make an impact. They want to do good things. So ask them what problems they see in the world and get them to start problem solving for those things. They may not come up with perfect ideas, but you can work through those together. So get the kids to come up with some ideas. That's really what we did as kids when we were building our own doll furniture and making our own toys and making our own forts and all of those things that they don't do anymore. But get them to think, what are some ways that we could take the resources we have and upcycle those into ways to bless the community around us or even just to make fun for yourselves with your friends? Mm -hmm. People bond by play. That is how relationships get closer, not just by going through crisis, but it's also through playtime that we make those good, deep relationships. So first thing, ask your kids. Second thing, make sure that whatever you're doing is fun and creative. Like you said, look at what are some recyclables that we have and how can we make them into a world? Make some world building ideas for you to do some fantasy game kinds of things. And I don't just mean fantasy like elves and dwarves, but anything that's imagined. It can be a different time in history. It can be science fiction. We made a, a spaceship for my youngest son when he was about five or six years old for one of his birthday parties out of a refrigerator box and a bunch of old recycled bottle caps and, and things like that to make knobs on it. And that was so fun for him and the kids. It didn't cost us very much. And it was such a great time that they had. So do some things that get them to think together and teamwork together. So some scavenger hunt activities, as I mentioned already, are really great ways to do that. But you can also do geocaching that you set up with some uh, other parents with your teens. Teens love doing that. And that's ways that they can work together in person. I love geocaching. Um, that has been so fun when we take road trips with the kids. They're like, okay, we can eat later. Let's stop for these five different scavenger hunt geocaching deal. And the stuff we would find in these places. There was one place we stopped in the East Coast. It took us about an hour and a half to finally find the box. Absolutely hilarious. But I'll never forget it with the memories because we were so close for like an hour and a half. The fantastic ideas. We're going to talk more with you on some of the benefits of collaboration over competition. That is key right after this short word from our sponsors. Support our sponsors, they allow us to get these fantastic guests on our show every single week. My name is Glenn Story, I'm the founder and CEO of Patriot Mobile. And then we have four principles. First Amendment, Second Amendment, Right to Life, Military and First Responders. My name's Scott, I'm with Patriot Mobile. What is going on with all the woke companies in this country? It seems like everybody has completely lost their minds, right? No more. This is called voting with our dollars. We need to start prioritizing our beliefs and our values over convenience and comfort. And this is why companies like Patriot Mobile are so important right now. If you have a place to go put your money, you always want to put it with somebody that's like mine. Of course. I think that's the, that's the beauty of Patriot Mobile. We're a conservative alternative. My pronouns are Bible believer, gun carrier, and mama bear. We are the nation's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Have you ever wanted to start a charity or ministry? Launching a nonprofit can be time consuming, expensive, and overwhelming. If you have a vision and mission, but don't know where to start or how to raise donations, Capstone Legacy Foundation is your solution. Their ministry charity project allows you to receive tax-free donations without the expense and hassle of forming your own 501c3. 
and in less than 48 hours. This ministry partnership fund is exactly how Counterculture Ministries got its start, and we grew quickly. Capstone Legacy Foundation handles all your legal and accounting paperwork, allowing you time to develop the ministry and message God gave you. Call Capstone today at 610-688-8890 or check out capstonelegacy.org for more information. And tell them Tina sent you. Partner with Capstone Legacy Foundation to transform our culture for Christ and get your nonprofit started today. Parents, do you feel overwhelmed when it comes to keeping up with the constantly changing technology and its influence on your kids? Are you wanting a healthy media diet in your home? Let our team do the work for you. Just download the Counterculture Mom app and get our notifications right on your phone. Know how to navigate the cultural chaos. After downloading the app, click yes for receiving notifications so you're not left in the dust. You can download the Counterculture Mom app at Google Play or the iTunes store. You can also send us a message if you see insanity you need to report, and our team will send a notification through our app so that no one is left behind. All right, Tina, you have me at the edge of my seat here. What are some of the benefits of collaboration over competition? Well, competition divides us and makes us only as strong as we are on our own, whereas collaboration allows us to be stronger because we pull all of our strengths together and we can all go further when we work together. And no one has all the gifts. No one has all the talents. So if you're working together with people whose talents and gifts complement yours, you will help them to do better and they will help you to do better. And together you can go further. We are meant to work in community with one another to do purposes that reach farther. So those are some of the benefits. Plus you get that fellowship, that encouragement that you wouldn't get if you were working on your own. It can be very discouraging to do outreach, to do any kind of activity, career or ministry on your own strength by yourself. It's practically impossible. That's not how we were designed. So if we pull together with other people, then we have that benefit of encouragement. We can support one another when something goes wrong, when there's crisis, we can be there for each other. There are tons of benefits to collaboration, whereas competition really minimizes the strengths and resources that we have at hand. That's so great. And over the years, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've just witnessed that sometimes it seems like, and I don't have this in my personal life, but I've heard stories where women seem to be more competitive than men. What is your take on that? Is that accurate? Is it not? I just hear more disastrous stories with women with the competition thing. But I also know fantastic women that help so many people around them get to where they need to be. Well, men are set up to be competitive at the beginning of their lives. And I think they're more upfront about it and they will pick at each other and tear each other down and compete in ways that are on the level on the surface and obvious, whereas women tear each other down behind the scenes. And that's how we differ. We're competitive in different ways, but both genders can be equally competitive, I think. It's just a different looking sort of competitiveness. I think there is a tendency for com competition to be more acceptable in circles of men, whereas in women's circles, they tend to cover it up and do sort of a passive aggressive form of competition instead, which is even unhealthier than the type of competition that you see in men. Yeah. I, why do you think people have this 
need or feel like they need to compete? It's a distortion of one of God's original gifts to us, which is to strive for excellence. We're meant to do what we do as if unto the Lord with excellence, right? If I can go there with this. Yes. But we also are twisted by the enemy with every good thing that God gives us and sets before us. He twists it and perverts it and corrupts it. So the corruption of that is to tear other people down in order to build yourself up. So competition means that you are only as good as you are better than the next person, which isn't true at all. Every person has a unique purpose. You're not meant to do the same purpose or end at the same finish line as somebody else. And if you are constantly looking at the person who's running in the lane beside you, you'll veer out of your lane. Yes, absolutely. And I've wanted a team for 20 years. I just didn't know how to get one. And since the show launched here, we're going on almost 500 episodes. There is no way we could have done what we did without the phenomenal people by my side. And I mean, we are by each other's side, not one in front of 20 or 10 in front of 10. Um, and I really wish I would have had this team 20 years ago because there is no way we could be doing what we're doing solo working by ourselves. It is a team effort. And exactly what you said, if one person stumbles or needs help or encouragement, there's five people to pick them up. So, and we get to see what God's doing through us as a team unified. More with Tina right after the short word from our sponsor, where we can learn about how to maintain healthy relationships in a world of imperfect people. That's going to be a good one right after this. I came in as a boy and I'm leaving as a young man. They're developing lifelong friends and they're being pushed beyond what they think their limitations are. It's helped me with importance of leadership because I mean before Trail Life I literally did nothing. As a mom I love the fact that I know that our son is involved in a Christ-centered boy-focused group. We're confident that he's in a safe environment, that he's getting the mentorship and leadership of men who have the type of foundation that we need to get. I've never really been able to talk in public and being in trail life, everyone's so accepting of you and that really helped me become who I am and who God wants me to be. Me and my dad, we, we really didn't talk a lot and my mom wanted my dad to go. He was like, sure, I'll go. So he asked off for work and he went. And ever since then, me and my dad's relationship has gotten closer. Experience the trail life difference. Find a troop near you or start one today by visiting www.traillifeusa.com have you noticed the ever-alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation, from Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries. This will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code TINA and save 10%. RedemptionShield.com your book, Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose, you can find this masterpiece on Amazon, correct? Yes, it's on Amazon, or you can get it directly from Bold Vision Books if you want to order in bulk. Okay, what can we all find in this fantastic read, girl? 
This is a craft-centered book, but each chapter has a full message. It has questions. You can do it as a group study, as a retreat study. There are crafts in each chapter so that you can tangibly work through the message of being upcycled by the ultimate designer into something more beautiful and purposeful than you ever were before. And then there are places that you could donate these projects so that you can pay that blessing forward and bless people that are in domestic violence shelters or in veterans organizations or children's homes or even in college outreach organizations for those kids who are alone and separated from their parents and trying to make their way for the first time among a new set of people. That's such a killer concept. I don't know if anybody else is doing that. That is really cool. I've heard a lot of ideas over the years. That is really sweet and unique. All right, head over to Tina's website to listen to her podcast, find out more about her life coaching, check out her books. You got a lot of freebies on that website, girl, and so much more at tinayeager.com. That's Tina, Y-E-A-G-E-R.com. Tell us where to go for the top spots if we're new to your website here. If you go to that front main page, that'll be where you find the podcast. And then you can look on the tabs at the top for life coaching, or if you need a speaker at your next event, I'm available for that. So you can find that under services. Perfect. So the Flourishment podcast, we can also get our free template for the Upcycled Inspirational Flipbook, which looks absolutely fantastic. You said five or six fantastic answers to my questions, and I'm still thinking through what you all said. I have a lot to work on, I guess. That's that's all it points points out to here. Everybody out there, watch all four episodes this week. We dissect big time plan and purpose for our lives, learning how to dream big, and actually doing while we're dreaming. Just fantastic insight, all four people. Check it out at counterculturemom.com and then send these episodes off to somebody else who might need some encouragement or people that's already in front of the battle lines to just help them keep doing what they're doing. Tina, keep up the excellent work. Excellent having you on the program today. Thank you, Tina. It was a blessing. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids.